All right, Matt Lamon, I appreciate you being here today, buddy. It's pretty fucking amazing. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I've been going on a lot of shows recently, and it seems like the Midwest is really where it's at with people grounded, like kind of questioning things and 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 making their making newer shows and what have you. I've got a lot of different connections in like Missouri and Ohio and what have you. And if you really look at the breakdown of like where people are migrating to, it seems to be places like that where you can have a little bit more freedom and not have to, you know, people are thinking for themselves and I'm glad to meet you in Kansas. Hello. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is an interesting thing because it, it does seem like a mass exodus out of larger cities into smaller, more rural areas. Not that Wichita is extremely small, but comparatively to, you know, LA or New York city, like we're a, you know, a blip on the radar, you know? Yeah. It's getting that way. Um, it seems like there's a whole shift everywhere that I go. There's a whole shift of, there's either a migration or, I mean, it's an exodus, but also those, when people leave, people have to fill that void, you know, and they do. So it's interesting. There's a nice shakeup. I don't know if I'll end up sticking around where I'm at. I'm in Southern Oregon in a town called Ashland. Ashland doesn't even really realize it's in Oregon. Oregon's a pretty redneck red state in the end. It's been blue during the re recent elections, but I mean, we're gun-toting, no fluoride, anti-vax and like Oregon's pretty like, they don't even want to be policed. There's hardly any cops. Right, right. Um, but, but nowadays, the city that I'm in is, is, is just flipped on its head. You know, the, the way that, I'm sure you talk about this a lot and I don't want to talk about it too much, but the liberal aspect of the like, be green, be environmental and be PC, somehow being PC now has turned into shaming people for not wearing a mask and getting really aggressive with, you know, me, poor little me. I'm just a guy that's trying to go to the post office, dude, right. you know, and get some groceries <laughs> for my family. Like I'm not doing anything to anybody. So if we weren't at war with each other already, psychologically, they're really turning up the heat and people are moving around. You know, a lot of people are telling me to move to Idaho and move to Tennessee and Ohio and what have you. Yeah. I don't really want to run, you know, and I don't want to just like, flip a coin and be like, there's where I'm going. I kind of follow more of like a spiritual kind of like, I really want to feel it out and feel like that's where I'm meant to go. You know, that's my destiny kind of thing. I've been bouncing around my whole life. I've, I've had like 40 jobs and I moved like 30 times and I'm from Virginia and I'm on the West coast and I don't want to run bro. So where's everybody going to go? Can we just pick a place? All right. Already. And just yeah. all move there in the end. That's kind of what I think our agenda 2030 should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned, um, you know, people from Missouri earlier. Um, I, th I think that's originally where the first time I saw you was um, Greg Carlwood's Higher Side Chats. I believe he's originally from Missouri, and I think he's based out of San Diego now. So that was the first time hearing of you and hearing of your work because, um, you know, as far as I, I hesitate to say the word conspiracy or even conspiracy theory because of the origins of those words and those those words do have meaning when we, when we say them, um, it, it's, it's always been conspiracy theories have always been an eye roll, but then as soon as you say anything about chemtrails, it's a much larger eye roll. It's <laughs> kind of like, this is kind of the last frontier as far as conspiracy theories go. It seems like to me anyways, 
where you could say any other conspiracy theory, you know, 9-11 was an inside job or anything like that. And people will, you know, almost always have a rebuttal and, and, you know, yeah, jet fuel can't melt still steel beams and so on and so forth. But as soon as you say something about chemtrails, it's this huge, oh, here we go. Do you still see that in the world uh, of your, your studying nowadays? Well, yes and no, and yes, for sure. And there's the divide right now is, is fierce. You know, before I used to go out trying to pass out chemtrail flyers, letting people know that I made a movie, Franken Skies. And yeah, Carl Wood's mad cool. And yes, he's in San Diego now. I also been chatting with a guy, Chance Garten. He's got a, a smaller show called Interverse and he's in Missouri, you know? Oh, wow. Um, and I could, and I could drop a few names. Um, I, I wouldn't get it all right. All of the names, right. But even um, I was just on a show and the guys in Orlando and that's not the Midwest, but just to see, see where everyone's at um, shadow band podcast, but awaking oh, the dead, Sean, he's in Ohio, I believe. And he's really cool. Waking the dead. So, and well, just a little shout out for everybody, for people that are listening. There's so many different podcasts out there and we don't really know about them. They're all scattered. Like I, I had never heard of Greg Carlwood and the higher side chats and he's a big name until I went on the show. Right. I went on there twice and he's, he's super cool and super supportive. And so the impetus of um, not having, so us not having a resource, I kind of put one together, a podcast hub. I try to rotate in and feature different activist podcasts on my website, actualactivists.com. On there, I've got a daily truth blog and I've got a lot of resources for um, information on chemtrails and 5G and fluoride and different quote unquote conspiracy theories. And also the podcast hub is cool. You can find different podcasts that you may not have ever heard of because censorship is fierce and the people that get thrown up to the top, sometimes maybe they're controlled op or something like that. Like who knows why they got to where they're at and some voices need to be heard that you would never really heard of unless you heard me say it or, or you or go on the podcast hub or, you know, the whispers in the in the where wherever we're allowed to talk about things nowadays so i think it was j edgar hoover i i'm not really sure exactly i think it was the quote that when the when the general population is faced with a conspiracy so large that it's unbelievable because of the size of it then they basically table it in their mind is unbelievable that's for the realm of science fiction when we go into the movie theater and drop that 15 dollars and we sit down and watch a movie, we have this temporary suspension of disbelief. We temporarily shelve our disbeliefs. And we're like, oh, that's believable. That's believable. Otherwise, you'd be sitting in there the whole time being like, could they really do that, you guys? You know, it's like a right. science fiction movie. You just kind of table it, even like the space travel and all that stuff. It's like, oh, wow, well, yeah. But then you leave the theater and that's science fiction. And that's how the programming works for us, the dystopians and all these things, because they can predictably program and somehow get our consent through it by disclosing things, but we still think it's Hollywood. And so the chemtrail conspiracy is so massive because there's lines in the sky almost every freaking day nowadays, you know? Right. And if, there, if it's not every day, people have seen it and it involves, it involves a complete elaborate orchestra of stuff going on in the sky. It's not just a couple planes. It's a lot of planes and they're zigzagging. And if that was a true thing, there would be a lot of money and a lot of people behind it. And it's just so big, like maybe pulling off 9-11, you know, that's one thing one day, you know, that was a one event. Yeah. But this massive idea 
of controlling the weather and slowly dimming the sun and slowly poisoning us via chemtrails and stuff. The powers that be, I hate to use the word they, because even the word they scares the crap out of people nowadays because of the control mechanisms, which is the media. It's yeah. basically our inputs, which make us perceive reality a certain way and then conscious, unconsciously and in our consciousness, we have these ideologies, you know? Um, how do we get to the point of the way we think about certain things? It's through the media. Um, not to go on a crazy tangent in the direction of space, but I've gotten kind of meditative deep on where my construct of, construct of space is, because I'm convinced I know what it's like. It's a vacuum, it's cold, it's dark, and all these things. Every bit of my construct in my brain from space comes from two organizations, two companies, basically. I mean, it's, it's Hollywood and it's NASA. And George Clooney, you know, flying around in a whatever, like there's a few movies that are really poignant, that's Hollywood. And that's not necessarily what it's like up there. But my brain definitely thinks it knows what it's like because of my programming. And the they have done an excellent job with the word chemtrails. I could just ramble on and do a, a movie and write a book on just the psychological manipulation of the majority regarding the verbiage, the terminology. Right. So right now, it's amazingly juxtaposed. It's been happening, unraveling for the past few years. And when I was coming out with the movie Frankenskies, I thought it was like divine intervention that it got delayed. I was so pissed at the time. I was like, I got to get this movie out there, you know, but it kept getting delayed enough that the time got paused enough that more stuff came out in the media that I should and did include in the movie, which was the launch of geoengineering publicly through the media. They say it's something that we need to do and it's a normalization of chemtrails really. So the juxtaposition right now through the media and it was at the very end of my film, Frankenskies, when the film was released in 2017 is when they just first started really talking about it as a thing, as a normalized thing. And it's side by side, they're saying chemtrails aren't real and geoengineering is something we need to do. And it's the spraying of aerosolized chemicals from jets. It looks just like chemtrails. It is chemtrails, it literally is. And they're tricking us with the words. So chemtrails is a conspiracy theory. How could you possibly think that's true? Um, and they want you to think that all chemtrails is, is spraying poison on people and like targeting them in like a nefarious way and trying to kill the people. That, like that's where the, the word, if people think that that's what you're talking about, they think that they're spraying poison only, you know, and then that's easily made into like a crazy conspiracy because look, we're not dropping dead for one. And what it really is, majority is weather engineering, weather manipulation and all that sort of stuff. So when they first started con controlling the weather and really spraying chemtrails, like in the mid nineties, more than before, because they've been sharpening their tools of weather engineering and whatnot since 1915, when Professor Hatfield in San Diego made it flood, made, he's made rain 1915. Since then, it was self-evident that you can control the weather. The weather was weaponized during Vietnam. The UN, the UN came together and voted unanimously, 52 to zero countries. 52 countries voted. You can't use weather as a weapon against other countries. But there's the caveat that you can experiment at home. And that's what all this is. We're targeting our own people, essentially, in the, at the end of the day, to to sharpen the tools of firestorms and exacerbated 
huge, crazy hurricanes and steering jet streams and all this crazy stuff. So when it first came out, and I'll pass it back to you, it's just a lot, it's a big question. When they first started really spraying, they put plants in major cities and these people are literal CIA agents. You know, it's hard to fathom a conspiracy so large, but literally they put plants in cities and coordinated with the media, um, shaming people on talk shows or com com comedians in line with it. Um, news anchors, all of them are just like making fun. It's the ridicule psychology is really easy in our society to adopt and then people latch onto it and then they just ridicule people for thinking the other, other way, which is actually the truth in this instance. So they literally got agents in cities and like to think that this is true, it's like understand that the Black Panthers were infiltrated. The CIA didn't want the African-American community to um, prosper and take off. So they shifted music from the music scene from New York to Los Angeles controlled it through um, the um, Laurel Canyon and all this control out of Hollywood and, and LA infiltrated African-American communities and literally set up crack in the communities, crack, uh, crack houses, crack in the ghettos. That's the CIA. Right. Like they, that's how much they want to be in control that they will literally target different demographics and do all this stuff. So they planted CIA agents in cities, major cities, especially on the West Coast, made them look like crazy homeless people, smeared and pooping like literally crazy homeless people with signs saying chemtrails with the lines out of the jets and have them rattling off screaming like evangelical crazy people. So it was a very coordinated psychological manipulation, psychological warfare, psychological attack through concerted, I mean like coordinated concerted effort through the media, through these people that are called um, civil society actors. And uh, there's, there's a civil society actors meeting of on geoengineering. And they come together and discuss how society is not able to come together and have strategy, but they can. They can strategically figure out how to launch geoengineering and convince people that chemtrails are crazy, but geoengineering is real. And eventually open the conversation so that people think that they need geoengineering, which is the dimming of the sun with chemtrails, because they're so worried about global warming and climate change, which is actually being um, shoved down their throat because of chemtrails. So you'll make a crazy storm, or make a fire or whatever with their tools through the geoengineering, through the weather engineering, then they blame it, Hegelian dialectic classic. They blame it on climate change and they say, hey, we need to dim your sun. But this has been, they've been planning this for decades. So to be able to psychologically manipulate the minds of the people for this to be a trigger word for them to not even accept it and to, to shame you for thinking, how could you think that they're doing that? And they already have this whole notion of what it is and that it's crazy. It was, it was because the first time it was introduced to them, and this is so important. And then I know I said, I'm done. Then I'm, then I'm done for a second. No, you're it's fine. So you're fine. Thank you. I'm, I'm just, I just want to be respectful. It's so important the first time we hear about things. So as a child, as a human, as an adult, we're very impressionable. We're very vulnerable to programming. I've even thought about it on a spiritual sense. Like we kind of download the information from the sun and that's how we kind of get through our our life and how we evolve and how we get vitamin D where we absorb light and down and download the codes from it and get the information and whatever. And the same with media, we absorb it. Like I've got songs rattling around in my head from five days ago that I don't, don't even like because we absorb it and it, it's how, how we are as beings. And so the first time we're exposed to something, we lock it in our head. It's kind of fact because we've never, we've literally never developed that mental pathway. So now we're digging that 
that um, path, I envision like snow, like shoveling through 10 feet of snow. And now it's there, there's a pathway. You can make other mental pathways, but the first time you dig the tunnel, it's kind of like the, the path has been tread and it's more likely to be used. And so we've got this mental pathway, chemtrails are crazies and we've got it. And, and it takes a lot to snap that because you're gonna have to get a lot of information and facts into those people. And you're buttoned up against their belief in science and textbooks and the mainstream and how, why would the mainstream lie and how and and if the mainstream narrative is false then their whole world comes crumbling down because it's everything it's not just chemtrails if they're lying about that then blah 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 and they shouldn't even be working their job for the school system or whatever and their whole world comes crumbling down it's not it's this whole deck of cards that the powers that be have strategically put that in there for them so that they they can't the cognitive dissonance relies on them believing that that is never going to be true you know right right and and i'm i'll bounce around um frankenskies if you don't mind just because of different thoughts just kind of rattle around in my head but um so when you're talking about the the media um i think it's more towards the end of frankenskies it shows the um i think it's a six major networks owned by um, was it five or six different families or something like that? Is that, is that something that's still true today? As far as you played clips of, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 different news channels that were saying word for word, the same exact thing over and over and over. And I know I've seen compilations on the internet before of things like that happening, but is that still true to, to this day where it's five or six families that are controlling media? Um, I would probably say that it's basically one family by now. Um, and then it's kind of like a hierarchy pyramid from there. But the, the media is completely controlled. If you look up certain keywords, I've got this Google alerts. And so every day I get a little email. It's just one email from Google. And it tells me the words that I put into the Google alerts that I'm alerted on where they're dropped on the internet, like each article that says the word chemtrails. And when there's an idea that they, that the they, you know, yeah. when there's an idea that the they want to be pushed into the consciousness, it goes on a headline, twisted just a little bit, same exact message, but twisted a little bit for each demographic. And it goes through the entire gambit maybe it'll take them like five days to go through every single publication with the same basically message to brainwash everybody every yeah. single person like like men women up down left right white black everybody because they're reading different things thinking oh this is the publication that i trust you know they've all been bought and they're all under the same umbrella now um which you know leads back to like soros and all these i mean it's all it's all pretty evil at the end of the day but yeah there was a there was a a buyout basically there's a consolidation where the conglomerates so when i grew up there was the department of justice and monopolies were not allowed but that kind of went out the window when like monsanto was bought by bear and all these mergers that shouldn't happen I mean, the, the technocracy that is Facebook and Google and Google and YouTube and stuff that shouldn't be able to exist monopolization of stuff, because then the corporate the corporations, they get way too much power. And it's even worse than like what our forefathers, ancestors fought for to get us the state ships, you know, for us to have states, it's because we're worried about a big government power like the Queen of England and whatnot. But when we give our power to corporations, corpse, you know, 
we give those bodies more power than any um, president, any like government could ever have, right? I mean, it's, it's unreal what's, what's happening. So to answer your question, everything's controlled basically, unless it's like one of our websites or something like that. And then even if it's one of us and it's going totally viral, I start to question it. When I say one of us, like a one of like we're like truthers like my youtube channel got totally pulled like things that i get out there that go viral it's because it's under not my name and someone has totally put it under something that's like clickbait and then eventually it gets pulled when it's found out that it's my stuff you know and it, it makes me really question the alex jones and the different people that have a huge platform when you know the the mechanisms are controlled the sources of the the whole the entire flow of information is controlled. That's why I've been gobbling up books recently because after the you know, nonsense of the past couple of years, I've realized that the channel of information, the flow of information, it's, it's gonna be slowly squeezed over the next like decade to just be like Amazon, Google, like some few names, Amazon, Google. I mean, they're saying that Amazon and Facebook deserve a seat at the United Nations because they're more powerful than countries. I mean, if that's not globalism, so yeah, it's unreal. So the news, yes, it's very much scripted and they do, they, they parrot what they're said. They repeat what they're said, what they're told to say. Um, they're handed scripts and the entire nation says the same thing to manipulate everybody, which way to get everyone scrambling to buy toilet paper or scrambling to <laughs> yeah. make gas prices go up or whatever that it you know may be at the time. And going into the future now, because I've got a small business and I'm experiencing a lot of things firsthand. And I think that this Black Friday might get really weird because they've really squeezed the ports and we're not our, our channels of distribution, not the goods. There's no there's no shortage of goods. You know, there's a lot of businesses out there and we're in capitalism. If there's a shortage of goods, people step in, they make the goods, and they charge more money for them. It's just like that's never going to stop. But it's the channels of distribution, the flow of goods coming into the ports and getting on the trucks and all that stuff. It seems like our current administration is trying to squeeze us in a weird way. And I'm witnessing it with just when I try to buy stuff, where, whereas it used to take a week, now it's taking over a month. And I've got to get in my orders right now for Christmas where I'm not even going to have stuff in time for Christmas. And I think that this shelves are going to probably be by design short on like Tickle Me Elmo or whatever it may be this year. Yeah. That kind of says, says how old I am. Do you remember the Tickle Me Elmo shortages? <laughs> you remember that? No. Uh -huh. no. It was like 20 years ago and people were getting like trampled over the stupid dolls, probably before the internet was yeah. out because like people were easily like before the internet people were like trampling each other over a doll that said papa right. now, like, now you really got to try a lot harder because there's constant instant information at everyone's fingertips everywhere you know yeah i'll tell you a thing that that i found interesting over it was just this year all of the um the the main store here in wichita kansas is uh walmart uh you, you know we have target and stuff like that but it's mostly walmart we've Inside of Wichita, we've got like six big Walmarts and then the small, smaller neighborhood markets and stuff like that. But um, I've noticed that on all of their doors, they've installed like they look like hurricane proof garage doors for seemingly no reason, because we don't I mean, obviously we have tornadoes, but we've always had them. 
but they don't hit Walmarts. And they've never put up these storm doors beforehand. But over the course of the past year, they've installed these doors that just roll down to lock down the entire store. And I found that very interesting, especially now that we have all these ships that can't unload cargo at the at the borders and stuff like that. It just seems very interesting to me that they installed something like this and slowly squeezed out products and, and items. Oh, wow. Yeah, there may be shortages. And then people are like going to get frantic and try to bust in and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's all by design. They want to push us to the limit. Um, I, I, I'd like to share something with you. Um, so where I'm at, it's, I'm, I'm in the, the midst of it with the whole show your face and you're a total uh, enemy of the state, you yeah. know, and I am that I'm, I've, what happened was, is we were told we all had to wear the mask. And I did because I had no choice at the time. I, had, I couldn't grocery shop or anything. So I, you know, I got a um, gator. You know, I'm not wearing those medical masks, that's for sure. But I, I got the gator and I did it when I had to. Then they gave us six weeks of freedom. So everyone was like, oh, we get to be alive again. And, and they baited a lot of people and said, you got to get the jab to stay free and da-da-da, blah-da-da. Then they came out and said, you got to put it back on. And this was September, Friday the 13th, September 13th. Oh, wow. No, 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 August. August 13th. It's in the summer still. And... A lot of people, including myself, were like, no, I'm not going back to that, dude. Like, it's just enough is enough, you know? And I'm, I'm disappointed that I ever even wore it, but I had to. Like I said, I wouldn't be able to feed myself. But I started going to the stores, that even the stores that have the signs that say you have to wear it. And I go in there and I shop and they don't say a word to me, you know, because they know they can't enforce it. Some places they do enforce it. There's places where I definitely can't go, like the co-op and certain places and certain banks and certain this and certain that. It's all based on the ownership, but a lot of systems have bucked it. I can't go to my old coffee shop, but I can go into a new one, you know, because they're basically allowing people to be free. A lot of the system is like not, they still don't do it, even though they're allowed, the people still they don't show their faces. So, okay. So I'm analyzing it, analyzing it analyzing. Mm -hmm. over the, over time, because it's been some time now. And I go to the um, post office almost every day because I'm an internet business and I ship out these silver lined EMF protective clothings and whatnot. Um, so my postal employee has been super nice to me up until yesterday, dude. And I, I can like almost read minds. I'm super empathic and the way the world's going, I swear we're getting more, um, kind of telepathic and what have you, especially as they take away our different senses and cover our faces and stuff. You can read minds. I mean, just, I'm just saying. So I went yeah. in there and well, another postal employee for the first time told me to wear a mask the other day. And I just ignored her. I'm like, dude, you never have said that before. And people come in here without their faces. Don't, I mean, without their masks on, don't single me out. But what happened was the other day when the postal employee is really always really nice to me, my friend, basically, he he gave me attitude, dude. And I started thinking it's mathematical equation. They tell people you got to wear the mask. They don't enforce it. They don't say they don't do anything. There's no, there's right. nothing. There's, 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 there's no body bags. Nothing's really happening. They're not enforcing it. It's only the psychology of the people that I'm up against that we're up against. So over time though, there's gotta be a point where these people snap. And they're like, I, they're not even giving them a date now. It's not even like wear the mask for a month or wear the mask for two weeks or whatever. They're literally saying you have to wear it indefinitely now. 
and you could take it off, but there's these bad people out there that are showing their faces and they're making it prolonged. They're making this last longer for you. So, so like literally there's been like the, Sta the Stanford, like there's all sorts of these different experiments on the minds of this mass consciousness of the psychology of the people, right? Mm -hmm. And I swear, if I was in their shoes, which I'd have to be kind of brainwashed, but if I was wearing a mask and then every time I saw someone not wearing a mask, I was thinking to myself, they're making me have to do this. They're prolonging this whole thing. Eventually I'd get mad at them. Eventually I would break as a social like society. So it starts off with people just looking at me mad. Then they start yelling at me. Then they start like actually throwing rocks together. And as a collective, I think there's going to be like a, a shift. So you're talking about the Walmart doors. Okay. The supercomputer that they fed all this information up. And uh, do you ever heard of event 201? Event two, no. Uh, so event 201 was a supercomputer and Bill Gates. And they literally read this. They, they fed this supercomputer all this data about a COVID scenario uh, pandemic. It starts in New York, it spreads around the world and all this stuff. And they did this whole event, like a war games event with the whole world involved, like sat everyone down and this whole supercomputer and Bill Gates and all this shit in October 19, I mean, October 2019, right before this whole thing actually happened. Coincidence, who knows, you know, I'm conspiracy minded or whatever, but they have a supercomputer where they feed this information. And I know that the supercomputer can think about the psychology of us. And this supply chain disruption will probably come right when people are starting to get really pissed off at each other because they're prolonging all this nonsense. Um, thank God we've got people in the Midwest and whatnot that aren't just going to start freaking out on each other. But out here, the psychology is really deep. Everyone's losing their job. I don't know about if you heard about New York City, for instance. New York City, I think it's this Monday or is just past Monday. All the city workers, including the cops, if they don't get the job, they're laid off, basically. They're on right. indefinite leave with no pay. So there's so many people that are being forced to either fold and then they're like, I don't believe in this, but I'm getting this because I have to. And there, there's so much psychology behind it that I can't help but think that it's going to all come down at the same time. And it's what they want to do is turn us against each other. Long story short is the turning us uh, against one another. So last year when the election was supposed to be all crazy and there's talk of Trump's not going to leave and he's going to stay in office and there's a gun shortage and everything, everybody that I knew was talking about getting a gun. Right. And there was a gun shortage in every store where I live. Like they were sold out of freaking guns. And they said that they're because of COVID, there's an ammo shortage and gun shortage and all that stuff. They created a run on the guns. So now everyone's armed to the teeth, but we're not fighting yet, but they are still armed. So I think slowly but surely, we're just going to get slowly turned on each other. And then there'll be some supply chain disruption that they'll somehow blame on. <laughs> me because i've got my face out you know right. what I mean? and, and i don't know what this what what the writing's on the wall it's hard to really read exactly what the, what's going to happen but that's really fascinating what you said about the the walmart thing because of course walmart would be the first place to get you know raided so when all of this first happened and they started putting plexiglass up at the grocery stores and everything six feet apart and everything i couldn't help but think that the environment at the grocery stores were, was becoming militarized in a sense. Yes. You know, and it was, it's a slow and steady game towards, yeah, probably some disruption and people are all freaked out, but it'll be so designed so perfectly that 
I mean, like, it's not, it's no coincidence that right when all this happened, there was a shortage of coins. And, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, well, they're going to have to go digital dollar anyways. And look how well Bitcoin's doing, you know, it's a great example for the dollar. It's like, no, digital dollar is bad news, you guys. It's horrible. I mean, I, I can't. Anyways, so that's what I have to say about all that. There's definitely a new world order plan. There's an agenda. There's an agenda 2030. And that means that over the next eight, nine years, things are going to slowly unravel. But that leaves us with opportunities to make our own. You know, we're not, it's not going to be this big kick in the face alien invasion overnight, I don't think. It's going to be slow and steady. And then we're fighting at Walmart because, you know, in there is the food that we need and we can't get it because of the the slowing down of the ports and the slowing down of the trucks and all this sort of stuff. It's a great opportunity for us to grow our own food, meet our neighbors, you know, at least don't have those tensions in your neighborhood that they're trying to create on a national global scale. And eventually I think that we can rise out of this and create our own, you know, world. I'm kind of joking about finding a town and all of us moving there together, but there will be opportunities for us to step up and make our own grocery stores and make our own schools. I'm even part of a breakaway school right now. That's, you know, not part of the system because the schools here, they require the, the jab, they require the masks. And there's people that are like, I'm not doing that to my kid. What am I going to do? And so there's these breakaway small schools that are forming, they're calling them pods and they're like two grades at a time and whatnot, but it's, it's happening right before my eyes slowly, but surely, but we, there is hope. Have we seen something like this before in history? That's a great question. Um, this is so deep in falsehoods and lies, um, probably with like, um, you know, World War II. Well, I was thinking about World War I recently. Why were we fighting in World War I? There was an assassination of some archbishop, um, but, that, but World War I really pushed along technology. Like the machine gun didn't even exist. And like all of this stuff really pushed along war and the technology of war. And maybe that was all like a psyop. Um, this is nothing like we've ever seen. The internet had to be in place for this to even happen. And I feel like that it was, it was very much planned out by some, some evil a-holes, probably like a hundred years ago kind of thing, like slowly but surely. Like I was, I was analyzing lead-based paint because I'm really into EMF and the EMF radiation and protecting ourselves from all of the 5G and all this, right? If we had lead paint, if I could just go to the store and get lead paint, I could protect my family in my house from a cell tower right outside my, right outside my window where they're putting them in neighborhoods, you know? Oh, right. But in, in 1979, 1979, they got rid of lead-based paint. They said kids were eating it, bro. They weren't. It was in gasoline. When you went to the pump, it said leaded. And those toxic lead fumes were polluting the neighborhoods of America and kids were slowly getting sick. You know, lead doesn't just decompose. It, it just sits in the grass and whatnot. So the petroleum industry and those evil think tanks, they're like, well, we got to get rid of that paint anyways, because they'll be protecting themselves in 30 years. Like, imagine that. So you're you know? telling me that kids just aren't eating paint off the walls, Matt? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> I'm telling you they weren't, and they did not. And they had to find a reason to, number one, um, sidestep being and getting in trouble for you know having lead-based paint poisoning people in neighborhoods and kids and stuff and also they had to they thought about how they're going to get rid of this and completely clear it out of the whole of the world and then they could drop this whole emf bomb on everybody and and i mean that's going to be a big 
a big shift towards like transhumanism and control and tracking and all that stuff. Once they have all these 5G antennas all over the place, it's a weird dystopia. And it seemed like that right when we got all locked down, they started, they started really putting up towers, these 5G towers. People were contacting oh, yeah. like crazy that once we got locked in our houses, they were just out there working hard, like putting these things on top of schools and all that jazz. I mean, that's a whole nother story. So to, to really answer your question, we don't know our true history, bro. Like I've been looking deep into um, these, well, they're calling them world fairs, but the more you learn about the world fairs, the more it's, there's things that were being covered up and burned down. And that was like a, a goodbye to the old and in with the new and kind of a restructuring of the evolution of humanity kind of thing. These world fairs, were way too advanced. They had harmless wireless tech. The Eiffel Tower was a Tesla energy generator and generated the whole freaking thing. And it was yeah. massive. You mm -hmm. know, that Eiffel Tower, no one even knows that that's an energy um, accumulator. Yeah, from... it's just a postcard now. Yeah, exactly. So all of the real history has been swept under the rug. I think that this is like a, they call it the great reset. I don't like that, that coin term, but probably around the turn of 19, probably in 1890 or so, we probably, ha we, we had something like this, you know, mm -hmm. a, a complete restructuring of the way we perceive the world. And here we are again. Um, that's my answer to that one. <laughs> yeah. It, it's almost like a, um, like a great Jubilee type of situation. And it's, really strange to me just seeing the different aspects of history because you know, the, the victors write the history books. And um, like you said, we, we don't know our true history, but we do see a bunch of different aspects that are all coming into play right now, as far as the mixture in between, you know, like uh, space travel and celebrity or the, the media, you know, Hitler gave out radios to, you know, um, push his propaganda and stuff like that. We see all these different aspects coming into one giant snowball effect and just ripping people apart from one another distancing literally you know six feet apart from one another and so i just find it super strange i haven't seen in you know research and anything with history where all these different aspects came to one center point like it is now and that's scary that's a scary thing coupled with you know fluoride in the water the ssris that were you know pumping kids full of the opioid epidemic that we're seeing right now these these things have been going on for so long to now it's just in our heads all the time. It's just in the mainstream. So if you, if you say that your kid is taking a certain medication, it's like, yeah, obviously he's hyper, you know, he's going to take this medication or your toothpaste or your, your tap water. It's all fluoride. It's all meant to keep you docile. Just make you, make you line up and get poked with a needle so you can save the world. Yeah. It's really sad. And we are, we, we are under attack in a lot of different ways. The SSRIs I've researched myself and um, Prozac, one of the side effects is homicide. Okay. Homicide. That's the killing of another human being. Um, and that's a side effect of Prozac, which is an SSRI. And just two days ago, I saw an article and these, I mean, the thing is, is the deeper they push these lies, there's gotta be a, 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 a there's gotta be a backlash eventually, which is the awakening of humanity. You know, like we, as truth, bringers and truth seekers and conspiracy theorists or whatever you want to call us like even just having conversations or putting up a flyer or sharing a movie with someone or making a movie or having a podcast all of these things are seeds metaphorical seeds the analogy of the seed being planted and as we put those seeds out there in the world 
this empire of falsehoods and lies in which we're all being exposed to now. They're not even hiding it anymore. I mean, before it was hidden, hidden in plain sight, but now it's like in your face. That has created the most fertile soil for these seeds that we could ever hope for. Yeah. I mean, the rain is beating down, the nutrients are in the soil. I mean, like worms are like literally pooping on on seeds. It's time and there's, there's nowhere to go but up, right? So people are definitely busting out of their shells and seeing the truth as it is. And they're being forced to. It's like, get the jab or not. And it's like, oh my God, I've never had to like really look at this and do this research. But now I'm forced into it. And holy crap, the world is evil. And I've got to like change my whole lifestyle. And so out of it, we can rise like the Phoenix. But yeah, these the SSRIs, bro, I saw two days ago an article and it's so insulting. It's so upsetting and insulting. And I think part of it, they just want to make us mad. It said that SSRIs prevent COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially the cheap uh, generic ones. I'm like, oh, okay. And like, usually I take screenshots and then I make fun of it on Facebook or whatever. But this yeah. one, I just like had my girlfriend come look at it. And we were just like, just, I mean, <laughs> it's empowering. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I don't know if you're into astrology, but I'm like a Scorpio and then I'm a, a metal monkey in China, which is interesting because I make me silver metal clothing and stuff, but oh, in yeah. Chinese astrology, I'm a metal monkey and I'm a Scorpio and I've got, I mean, I'm learning more and more about it. Like my moon is in Aries or whatever, but I'm like a fireball dude. And the more angry I get, that's how I've become an activist is divine rage. Like, I wasn't just going to be like, oh, I'm going to abandon my whole life of what I'm doing. And I'm just going to start telling everyone about Kim Trolls. No, I was pissed off and nobody knew about the thing that I knew was truth. Like, it's it's one thing to be like, hey, do you know about this? And, the, and people are like, oh, I'd like to learn more. It's another thing for people to already know that it's a conspiracy and that it's not true. And they're making fun of you and you're trying to bring them the light. It's, it's enraging. And yeah. in the end rage turns to becoming invigorating you know it's like this divine rage not everyone's like me you know i bump into controlled opposition which is real out there in the world there's people i can tell just from looking at you that that you're a nice dude there's podcast okay. hosts and whatnot that are not legit bro and they will mess with me in so many different ways and that what i think they're in the end result is they want me to like give up right, right. they want me to be like oh i can't be an activist they canceled on me five times in a row and I, I just can't handle this anymore. I was so excited about that to do that show. No, bro. I get so mad that the rage keeps me going for a year and I make a company out of it and yeah. I literally like thrive. You know what I mean? I'm doing push-ups, and I'm like way better off in the end through this. Like, you know, I think that the, all of the lies and all the falsehoods right now, it's making people so upset that they have a whole question of like their purpose in life and it ends up creating spiritual progress like spiritual growth is all that can come out of this in the end because we live in duality we live in a realm of polarity white black left right all this man woman and they want us to like the sun and the moon you know like these things are opposites and they want us to 
uh, quarrel about it and squabble yeah. about it, you know, and and polarize ourselves and make these othering of, oh, you didn't get the jab and I did. No, no, no. You didn't wear the face mask and I did. And not see the unity in our humanity and the unity in realizing that we're all being attacked together and coming out of it and having that solidarity of fuck that shit. We're going to fight the man, you know? Yeah. I, I literally had a guy ask me the other day, just, and we were talking about something completely different. And this guy just out of the blue asked me, did you get vaccinated? And I said, no. And it, which, which is weird because like, I don't mind if people ask me, but you know, we were talking about something entirely different. And he asked me that and I said, no, he goes, oh, come on, man. You're smarter than that. Oof. Yeah. And I said, what is this based off of? Like, first of all, where, where'd you gather what intellect level I had? Where did you get that through our five minute conversation? And then secondly, like, what made you think that I'm so dumb now? Because <laughs> I didn't get vaccinated. But, you know, we definitely need people like you. And you're definitely um, unique in the way that you get enraged and you make a full length documentary. <laughs> how many yeah. people out there are, are willing to not only do that but create a clothing company and i believe you said that you do something like 200 podcasts and radio interviews a year like you have a different level of drive when it comes to being enraged yeah thank you and and there's a, there's a lot of passion there the impetus of frankenskies please check it out frankenskies.com great documentary i'm happy to get a dvd under your christmas tree and and yours as well brother um I'm really proud of the movie and mostly Dougie it's because I didn't like sell out and do this whole like voiceover thing. I didn't want it to be about me and my discoveries and like this kind of like it, it turns a lot of people away when it's when it's like becomes really egocentric and whatnot. And right. so it starts off in the 20s and it goes through the historical chronology of it. I wasn't even alive in the 20s or the 30s or 40s when I'm showing this footage. So there's no reason for me to even be there. But the impetus of Frankenskies is I first saw that there's these Frank, these chemtrail movies, Frankenskies movies. What in the world are they spraying? Why in the world are they spraying these documentaries? And so I was like, oh, cool. Someone's already done it. And this is, this is actually part of the control mechanism. So please don't see that I'm an activist or that you're doing a show and then just give up because someone else is doing it. Cause that's part of like the programming, you know, it's like the, the Superman, Batman thing. It's like these superheroes. Oh, I can just be a follower of the superhero. Superheroes don't even exist. First of all, that's part of the programming. We all need to be in this together. Yeah. The truth awakening, not the new world order nonsense. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just on, I'm on one. The, at the end of the day, brother, we get this opportunity to see it and, and either deny the truth or embrace it. And when we can completely make that stand, I think that everyone's going to have to choose the, the side of the truth in the end, you know, in the end, the truth wins. Um, but yeah, so the movie, sorry, I was, I got, I lost my train of thought for a second. No, you're the fine. movie, what in the world are they spraying? I came from uh, Northern Virginia. A lot of my friends went to DC and worked most everybody I know works for like some government agency and stuff. So I'm trying to convince my old friends, chemtrails are real. So when I watch a documentary, I want to be able to pass it on to my friend, families and peers and have their questions answered and not have them scoffing at me and calling me a crazy conspiracy theorist anymore. And in the middle of the movie, what in the world are they spraying? There's this thing called the turd in the punch bowl. You can have a great party, amazing party, but in your punch bowl, if there's a turd, that's all people are going to remember. It's that one thing that throws it all off. And in the middle of the movie, what in the world are they spraying? They, they start showing the camera on dead bushes 
and then they look at the sky and it's a corollary relationship. It's correlation. It's not causal. You can't just look at the sky and then say, look, the, tr the bushes are dead. It's all because the bushes are dead. Ah, it, there was that to me was like this turd in the punch bowl. I couldn't even pass it on to my friends. And I, I knew that there, the truth of chemtrails had not been given its due justice. It had not been honored with integrity, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And yes, it made me mad. It, it made me upset that the filmmaker didn't, and Michael Murphy, he's now, um, rest in peace, he's passed away. And um, that whole story is very crazy. You know, they want you to think that he was attacked electromagnetically attacked by the government because of his activism and died because of it. And if you become an activist, that's what's going to happen to you. And I don't trust that narrative one bit because I'm an activist and I'm kicking ass and I would never, ever, ever do anything different. You know, like I'm, you honor the truth and, and God blazes the trail with you. It's an amazing journey, you know? So that the impetus of making Franken's guys is because I didn't think that the activists had done a good enough job, dude. And it wasn't, I wasn't really like, I, I wanted to be his friend and I invited him. We, you know, we did things together and I held conferences and stuff. And then he ended up losing his mind and everything like that. And it was this very interesting. I felt like it was a planned divide where the main chemtrail activists could either go with Michael Murphy's narrative and he was the chemtrail guy, but he ended up going crazy. Or there was another guy who was promoting the word geoengineering and the geoengineering narrative was more grounded and it was either go with the crazy guy or go with the grounded guy and then five years later the media came out with the word geoengineering it hadn't even come to the mainstream but it was being introduced to the populace by this other guy who i who i ended up not trusting and stuff and it ends up becoming like you can't just pass the buck not to me not to anybody you have to step up and even if you're just screaming from the rooftops and no one's hearing you, you have to honor the truth, okay? If it's wearing your face in the grocery store or walking down the street and wearing your face, showing your face, you know, <laughs> then that's it. If you got to knit for truth because you're good at knitting, then do it. But don't just wait for someone else to do it. Don't wait for someone else to save you or any of that stuff, you know? Like, I got angry in a, in a weird way and made Franken Skies and whatnot because I wanted something grounding and good enough to show to anyone and anybody out there i had a, a co-worker that made fun of me every day about chemtrails one day i went to his house sat him down he started watching the movie five minutes in dude he looks at me and he goes whoa they've been doing this for a while huh it's just like that <laughs> yeah. you know like i wanted to have it good enough that I didn't have to convince someone on the street and give them a flyer and be like, no, look at the sky, you know? Like now my flyers are just a good graphic and it's on both sides. People flip the flyer over and if it's blank on the other side, they're like disappointed. Even if it's amazing gold flyer. On the they're flyer- like, he half-assed this. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> such a psychological thing. I've learned so much about people and yeah. how, how persuasive you can be. And if you don't give it your all, they can feel it. If your heart and soul's not in it, they can feel it. But if it is, they're like, wow, this guy really cares. And oh, you put a lot into this artwork. And I leave them, I literally hand people a flyer and I say, I made a movie, Frankenskies, it's online for free. Please check it out. That's it. And I run away from them. I don't want them to think I'm selling them anything or anything like that. They heard the word free. They heard the word Frankenskies. They heard the word online. They've got the flyer and that's it. But before it was an uphill battle, it still is. But before it was much harder because I didn't even have anything to show them or any fruits of my labor. You put your heart in, people see that and they recognize that. And so many people have contacted me recently. They said, Matt, if I hadn't seen Frankenstein's, there's no way that I would see the lies 
that are right in my face right now. Yeah, the, I mean, it's so information dense. Frankens, guys, I mean, it's so information dense. The first 10 minutes of the documentary, I have a whole page of notes from the first 10 minutes. And I was blown away. And like you were saying earlier, you didn't want it to be you doing a voiceover and it kind of like being this ego driven type of thing. That's what I love most about the documentary is you allowed them to speak for them. You know what I mean? You played their own clips and it is kind of this duality that they're saying, we're doing this, but actually, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> it's like you just said, you know, you have all these different operations and projects, project series and cumulus, Skyfire, Skywater. And that's one of the things that I like so much about the documentary is not only are you playing the clips, but you're showing the time frames that these projects and operations were taking place, the names of them. And then you play the, the clips from the people that are actually involved and they tell it word for word how they did it. Was it hard yeah. to source that type of information or? Oh yeah. The military industrial complex ends up the air force or what have you, they end up putting their own foots in their mouth. The footage. Um, I was very blessed to be able to find all that. Um, especially I got some help from an editor friend, Nicole in Arizona. She wanted to be a silent partner and, and she's become an activist and it's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. And shout out to Nicole. Yeah, shout out to Nicole. And she ended up actually finding a lot in the U University of Texas, Texas A&M archives. And, and I asked her, how the heck did you end up in the Texas A&M archives to dig up these videos um, on, online, right? Uh -huh. And she's like, I, I felt like I was guided. I just started clicking. And that's how things happen, man. Like you just... I had someone else that was helping me edit the movie and the, they were, they were totally screwing it up and charging me way too much money. And Nicole, she's never done it before. She's never done video editing, sound editing, nothing, but she makes movie posters. She's a graphic designer. She makes movie posters out of Hollywood, out of LA. I mean, you name it, X-Men or whatever. They're like, hey, I need you to make me this movie poster. And she's making movie posters all day. So she's got that oh, nice. talent artistically, right? And she was like, let me give it a try. Let me help it out, you know? Because I, like, the, the thing is, when you go to film school, they say, day one, you're going to have to learn to kill your darlings. And killing your darlings means, like, you've worked so hard on getting this footage, but it's got, you just got to erase it and it doesn't flow. It doesn't work in the movie, you know? And sometimes you need that other voice making movies or doing these artistic ventures or being an activist. Like I want to take the truth on tour and do this truth tour, come through the Midwest and do artists and musicians and have like five different subjects, mainly like 9-11 fluoride, whatever, but do like a truth tour. So we're having a full day concert revolving around the truth with art and musicians and what have you. I can't do it alone. I don't even know how to play the guitar right. <laughs> or anything like that. But I don't know. I don't know how I, I grew up playing the saxophone. I, I can't even do it now, probably. And I, I don't I'm not musically inclined, you know, but I can help organize it and we can all play our part to bring the truth to light. You know that I can't help but but think that everyone can be activated in one way or another. You can be that spark or even help be that I mean, help be the spark for someone else. You know, like Malcolm X didn't just come out of thin air right like somebody mm -hmm. lit that match under him and yeah. he had to step up and now people have that role model and what have you and we can be that role model for the next generation just to think that like our ancestors they fought right there was times 
not so long ago where you had to fight for your rights, fight your, for your freedoms. And our ancestors, they fought hard and bled and died for us. And now because of all of these quote unquote comforts, which they're not really that comfortable. I mean, and the internet is not even all that great. And I mean, I'm literally wanting to get out in nature more and more and less on these devices. I think that's going to be more and more in our future as yeah. we like, as we transcend to more of like a spiritual path or whatever. And as the media gets more aggressive and the screens and all that stuff get more intense and they try to push like a transhumanism, more collective um, experience. I think that humanity is going to buck that and find their own way into nature and getting grounded. And, 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 you know, the, the path that we all need is to disconnect, to recharge and unplug to, you know, really power up. So I, I feel like there might be a split in humanity, but hopefully all of us can, you know, push, push consciousness into a, a less digital future and more honoring humanity and our progression as like a, yeah. an amazing species. I think part of the whole digitization of everything and Elon Musk and the Neuralink and all of this transhumanism stuff, it's trying to tell you that you're not an amazing power, all my, like we're amazing beings yeah. and they want to sh make us feel like we're not. And then we need the upgrades and become this um, collective singularity thing and all that stuff. Like, we have we have not even tip like touched the iceberg on how how divine we are and like learn the learning about ourselves we're too busy learning all these outside things we haven't even gone within so once we start to do that i think the power structure is going to shift completely yeah and just to backpedal a little bit um you said nicole found a lot of information in uh, texas a&m which i didn't write down the school but i'm fairly certain it was in texas where lyndon b johnson was quoted saying he who controls the weather uh, controls the world. So I wonder if there's some sort of connection in that, you know, if, if A&M was kind of housing a lot of different studies or something. Yeah, that is um, Lyndon B. Johnson just after JFK died and he was probably behind all that. He comes out full steam ahead and he's grinding his teeth in the, in, I can't, every time I watch Frank's guys, which I've seen it like a million times, yeah. every time I see that, his eyes are dark and he's he's literally grinding his teeth as he talks about control the weather control the world mm -hmm. and that was 60 years ago now you know um it's teamwork you can't just make a movie on your own and you can't be an activist on your own and everyone can play that their part and, and team up together i'm so blessed to have the network of people that i do um, on Facebook, I've got like 55,000 uh, followers and people reach out to me all the time, graphic designers, web designers. Um, I even made this awesome animation. I'll tell this really quick story. I, I put on, so I get shadow banned on Facebook, whatever. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I'm still there. So I do what I can. <clears throat> I put this message on Facebook. I'm looking for local help with video editing. I noticed that all the people that were responding were at least like three or 4,000 miles away. Nobody in the United States saw it. Nobody in North America saw it. And only people in like Kazakhstan and Mongolia and Russia and Morocco were like seeing it. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll work with that. And so Facebook tried to like the darkness or whatever, tried to like dismantle my whole little, like find someone local to help me with my stuff. So I just ran with it. And I know that the universe or the light or God or spirit or whatever has a plan. 
you know? Mm. So I just trusted that plan and I didn't let it get me down that my post was being weirdly shadow banned and censored. And I made a connection in Morocco. And then me and this Morocco woman, we made this awesome video about 5G and it's an animation video, 5G um, will cook your goose. I'll have to send it to you. And it's about putting the goose on the kitchen table and the 5G will cook it. And you don't even have to use the oven anymore. And it's satirical and it's really funny. And she started following me on Facebook and she's having this big awakening, sending me quotes out of the Quran, how like everything shifted in her world. And of course she'll spread that light where she's at in Morocco. And she and I really collabed on a really cool thing to create this video for the world awesome one minute animation it's on my instagram and i'm like it's all it's going all around the world so it's an amazing example of like they can't stop us right Right. and the more that they try to stifle it they're actually showing themselves they show their cards they show their hands and people wake up even more by the darkness revealing itself even as it tries to not show itself and be like hidden in the shadows Mm-hmm. we we see it for what it is because we're we're coming out of the shadows ourselves it seems you know yeah um so as far as spraying the the skies and so on and so forth are they is it just military operations or are they also attaching these sprayers to commercial airliners or private aircraft or how, how is that working there's a lot of programs going on all at once. There's a NASA program called CARE, C-A-R-E, Charged Aerosol Release Experiment. There's Stratospheric Aerosol Injections, SAI. I believe that's through the CIA. There's Solar Radiation Management, SRM. There's SRM GI, the Solar Radiation Management Governance Initiative. And you can go to srmgi.gov to see a lot of that. Um, there's the Tropospheric Aerosol Program, TAP, through the Department of Energy. So it's dirty oil, dirty coal, and they have a whole fleet of planes and drones and they spray the skies, to, you know, and a lot of people ask who, what, why, where, when, you know, all this, you know, to answer all these questions, why would the Department of Energy be dimming the sun? Maybe they don't want solar power to proliferate. Maybe they have a lot of soot from their coal and they want to, you know, toxic stuff they got to get rid of. So they put it in the air. I mean, the aluminum industry, aluminum smelts, they melt aluminum and toxic byproduct of that is fluoride. And that stuff should just be disposed of. It's toxic waste, but they figured out how to get rid of it, put it in our water. You know, that's not cool. It's a neurotoxin and fluoride just going right past our teeth and into our gut. That doesn't help our teeth one bit. So some commercial planes are outfit with a little bit of sprayers to fill in the gaps. Uh, And in Europe, especially Ryanair, I think they're subsidized a lot. But primarily nowadays, after 9-11, especially in all the black ops budget that we don't even know where the money goes, there's fleets of drones. There's fleets of these barium release rockets that are like kind of drone rocket things, especially through NASA. Um, primarily, it's drones. You know, um, that whole like the, the commercial jets are involved. That's a slippery slope. A lot of them are not. Um, and to answer your question, like less and less are involved, but the idea of the contrail doesn't exist. So that's another thing. They want us to polarize the argument and be like, no, that's contrail. That's a chemtrail. And no, it's actually this and that. And they want the truthers being like, no, that's a chemtrail. That's a contrail. Let's wake up everyone to what a chemtrail is. So if you know your conspiracies, the Pentagon had a plane smash into it, but there wasn't really a plane. And there's two huge engines that were supposed to hit glass windows when you line up the plane and the engines just disappeared and they didn't even break the glass on the windows. Those engines were two ton 
titanium and steel Rolls-Royce turbofan jet engines. They're called high bypass turbofan jet engines. They came out in 1969, I believe, 1969. So 1969, most of the aircraft in the United States, especially the commercial jets, they're outfit with these high bypass turbofan jet engines and Rolls-Royce will come and maintain them and fix them for you and stuff. It's a closed loop system. Rolls-Royce is really cool for doing that. A lot of people just think they make cars. Either way, they build engines. What are these engines? Well, they're basically fans, okay? They're like um, big propellers, like a propeller you see on a propeller plane, but they um, are efficient inside the engine. And it's not a big combustion, no combustion's happening up there and stuff. They're literally fans being spun to create air that creates lift over the wings to make the plane fly. There's no hot air. There's no warm air. And like if, uh, if you fly through a flock of seagulls, which I've done before, my dad was a pilot, rest in peace, dad. Um, the seagulls don't come out the other end singed or anything. They just get chopped up in the turbofan. And, and, and if you really hit too many birds, the fan, the engine gets like broken because it's a big fan blade and the bones like break the, the, the turbine. But all that's happening is that fan is spinning. Like if you're at ground level and you go behind a commercial jet and the engine's on, it's not hot air like a jet. This isn't like the Air Force. This isn't um, Top Gun, the movie. It's, we're not flying off of aircraft carriers or anything like that in these short distances, burning up a bunch of jet fuel. These are very well-designed engines that can take a plane with not that much jet fuel at all and fly it to Australia across the Pacific Ocean. Okay, it's not some like crazy hot thing going on. So the idea of the contrail, which is a short condensation moisture trail, like they liken it to the moisture coming out of your breath on a cold day, like when you have um, the stuff coming out of your, your breath, you, you, the condensation out of your breath on a cold day, because you have moisture coming out of your breath and, and heat. Okay, moisture and heat come out of our bodies. Right. Moisture and heat don't come out of these engines at all. So I've been wrapping my head around a way to explain it. And I like the 9-11 thing recently because it kind of like makes you visualize these big, efficient engines that are, that are like a million bucks a piece, you know? And at the end of the day, it's really just short trails that they call it a con trail. It's a con. Medium trails and long trails. And those short, medium and long trails are different chemicals being mixed together. One may be strontium, one may, may be aluminum one maybe barium, and then they're mixing them together, charged different ways, and then zapping them from ground base stations to heat them, to create high pressure in the atmosphere, to steer jet streams, to manipulate the weather, to cause uh, droughts and, and whatnot. Um, but primarily, I don't think the commercial jets are as involved as they used to be. I think that when they first started getting this operation together, they were kind of scrambling to make it all work because you know to steer jet streams, you got to really do it across the whole United States, you know, and they got to fill in the gaps and what have you. I don't think they have to worry that much anymore. They've got so many drones and what, whatnot. Where I live in the Valley, um, I live in this Rogue Valley, Rogue River Valley in Ashland, Oregon on the Northern California border, Oregon. I'm in Oregon, Southern Oregon. Mm -hmm. And our Valley runs North to South. And just North of me is Medford International Airport. And I've never seen a plane coming and going from Medford International Airport with a chemtrail ever. We get chemtrail almost every single day. And the planes and the barium release rockets and all the, or, the elaborate orchestra that I see in my sky, they go east to west. And it's crazy. People don't understand. Like, they're not even going towards the airport. They're going to some other, you know, covert 
bases that look to be just like 40 miles in each direction or something like that, if that, but they have their stations and they have their zones and they do their thing. And it seems crazy. There must be like 200 little bases all over the U S with drones going back and forth, back and forth to cover it all. And that's so much money. And to fathom it is almost unbelievable, but it's true. Yeah. It is interesting that you, you say that with your, your Valley and everything, because I don't live far from the airport here in Wichita and it, it does run north to south also. And I took some pictures um, leading up to this uh, interview because um, I knew you were coming on and and you can sit outside from, from my place and you could see um, aircraft taking off from the airport and landing and all that good stuff. And north and south is you never see any of these trails or anything, but like you said, east to west. I always see them. And, and I was going to work the other day and it was a clear, clear blue sky. By the time I got to work, I got out and I was looking up at the sky and which I hardly ever do. And I was just looking up and I was seeing the trail. So I took a couple of pictures and, um, and all that. And then two days later, we have such a bad thunderstorm. I still have branches out here in my yard, but I was re-listening to the, um, the show that you did with Greg Carwood on the higher side chats. And that's kind of what you were, you were saying, you'll see a clear blue sky, you'll see the lines in the sky, and then you'll see the clouds slowly move in. And then a couple of days later, you'll get a really bad thunderstorm or lightning storm or something of the sorts. And it's, it's so weird that it's, it seems so basic. It seems so easy that you can see the evidence there, but it's actually easier to just deny it, deny its existence. Very well put. Three days ago, we had completely blue skies. And when there's a blue skies, it's like a clean slate for them. Like it's, it's so easy for them to make their soup when they have no base. It's like they can just start their base of the soup, start from scratch. Um, it's like having a, a clean canvas to do a painting on. So you've got your clear blue sky and then you can mix your chemicals perfectly and do what you wanna do. So we had a clear blue sky three days ago and they came out spraying that evening. Then the next day it was all hazy and weird. And then now this morning, last night, we had a crazy lightning storm. Lightning storm took off, it took out the internet for my whole town. And luckily I, I live one town over from my office. So I scrambled and grabbed my laptop and forgot my headphones. And here I am thankfully doing the show with you, but it was a total mess just this morning for me. And I witnessed it firsthand. So growing up, I watched the weather channel and there wasn't the internet and there's these H's and L's all over the screen and the weatherman's pointing at these H's and L's and they're clashing together and whatever the H's and the L's dictate where the weather's going and coming and stuff. And you can crack open the newspaper USA Today, you know, flip it to the weather and see the H's and the L's still on the um, continental United States map for the, for the weather. H's stand for high pressure, L's. L's stand for low pressure. Mm -hmm. And so these high pressure is air going up, like hot air rising, and low pressure is cold air dropping. And the two, when they smack into each other, they create tornadoes, hurricanes, lightning storms, and extreme like events, like weather events, um, wind and whatnot. I think that the weather is so controlled now that they have to push it along with chemtrails. If they stopped, then I don't know what I, I feel like that maybe the air force has like stolen the weather from like elemental beings or something. Like I go so deep down this. Cause I keep wondering why are they doing all of this? <laughs> yeah. And I think that if they let the power go, 
that the that the like elements let's just call it gaia we don't they don't have to be elemental beings or anything like that but the natural forces would take over and everything would go into like an equal equilibrium and balance things out there wouldn't be severe drought here and there and if you learn about wilhelm reich and orgone energy and balancing of energies i do believe that the hydrological system kind of balances itself out um whether or not it's it's run by elemental beings or not that that doesn't really matter but it feels like they have to control all of it all the time they don't let up it doesn't seem like they let up at all and at the end of the day when we have extreme weather events which are always planned the the news exaggerates it like this bomb cyclone we, all we did was get rain on the west coast it wasn't bad but yeah. they use it they say they make up these words they run it through the media they entrench it in fear I've even got a weather channel um, clip that I love and, and they're like acting like they're in a hurricane storm and like leaning into this wind. Oh, and then yeah. the, the camera pans and these people are like walking their dog. It's like, it's literally like a light breeze, but the, the actor, the news anchor is acting like it's 80 mile per hour, freaking hurricane winds and whatnot. So they'll run this stuff through the media. And at the end of it all, they, they throw it under this umbrella of climate change, global warming, and these other key words that leave you so scared. And then later on down the line, they say, don't worry, we think we've got a solution for you. We're gonna dim your sun. It's called geoengineering. You're welcome. Yeah. Do you think that um, there's any any merging of the, the spraying of the air with um, the, the symptoms of COVID and so on and so forth? I ask because towards the end of, Frankenskies, they talk about um, rheumatoid arthritis being a part of, you know, the, the whole thing. And then them finding nanotubes inside of lungs and so on and so forth. And so, so do you, do you think that there's any connection between those two things? Cause I would find that, you know, interesting and uh, by design. <laughs> well, so when I made actualactivists.com, I realized that the truth is like holistic. It's all encompassing. And you can't just talk about chemtrails because then it, it, you have to talk about GMO foods and health. And I mean, it, it gets even deep into spirituality and stuff, but you got to talk about fluoride and, and 5G and even the jab while you're at it because it's all connected to aluminum and toxicity and detoxing and empowering yourself. And it's all connected. The answer to your question, the answer to, you, to your question is always going to be yes, because of this octopus of global control kind of thing where the tentacles are in all these different subjects and what have you to really answer it i feel like that the spraying of metallic particles is in conjunction with this 5g rollout too so the main the end game scenario is to have all these 5g antenna everywhere and to have the 5g phones helping repeat the signal which is a whole new thing these 5g these 5G and 4G LTE, which stands for long-term evolution. 4G LTE stands for 5G as well. It's part of a mesh network where the signal is pushed along by the cell phones. So the cell phones are now like cell towers. They're not just sending out your signal to a cell tower. They're helping the whole mesh system work. It's this internet of things. Um, it's using really small carrier microwaves to carry the information. It can't go very far, so they have to use the phones. So in my world, I sell these phone bags there are these Faraday phone bags that kill your signal in your phones. And they stopped working right when COVID dropped in March of last year. I had to end up making double layered silver phone bags so that they could quell the signal and stop the signal. 
of these phones. But at the same time, people started having these symptoms of sickness, such as loss of taste. Loss of taste is a radiation sickness symptom. It always has been, it always will be. And it's not a, it's not a symptom of the common cold or the flu or any COVID variation. And that was a big aha moment for me, along with talking to my friends and people and whatnot who just got the new iPhone 11 or, or whatever, and then they got sick. And what would happen if our phones were emitting a lot more radiation is we would show the symptoms, our bodies would adjust to it because we're around it all the time. And then we wouldn't have it. it would, it's just like the scenario that's unraveling. So in conjunction with chemtrails too, a metallicized air helps this 5G signal get pushed along more metal and the people help the signal get pushed along because we got the phones in our pockets we become these antennas for the the whole mesh system and whatnot the chemtrails bog down our systems um, by by like bogging down our immune system then we're more susceptible to to having symptoms of the common cold or whatever and whatnot but especially accumulation of aerosolized metallics in our bodies and then they crank up the phones that are all around us and to put up more towers and crank up the smart meters and the um, web routers that say 5g on them and everything to help to start this 5g network they're turning it up in in increments i believe that the delta variant was an actually another crank up of this you know i've had people contact me that said that they're coming down all sick from all this and they throw on my hoodie and then they feel they don't get sick i'm not trying to sell my stuff i'm just saying the radiation is increasing so much that people are getting sick from it and the aluminum in our bodies is is really helping that along i mean you stick some aluminum in the microwave and look what happens and on a macro micro level we're dealing with that through the toxicity we're getting all this these toxins in our body like just just the two fluoride and aluminum so they'll get aluminum in your body through deodorant through the jab through the air, okay? And then they'll get fluoride in your body through um, your toothpaste, through your water, whatever it may be. Um, or um, the masks have polytetrafluoroethylene. They're, they're coated with Teflon, which is synthetic fluoride. So people in the blue mat, wearing the blue masks, these mm -hmm. one-time use medical masks that are, are not meant to block any virus or anything like that, they're huffing fluoride. So people get fluoride in their system and aluminum in their system from two separate things. Like these, th these evil think tanks come together and they're like, oh, we got to do this and do this. And then this is what happens. So you get fluoride and aluminum in your body. The fluoride actually helps pull the aluminum past the blood brain barrier. Both of them meet in your brain and they recombine to each other. They, they attach through chemical um, reactions. They were um, chemically bonded before, mm -hmm. um, before they were the smelting process. Um, when aluminum was made. And so when the two nanoparticles come together in your brain, they reattach and there's a little tiny explosion. So there's these little chemical reactions of these toxic neurotoxins combining in your brain and literally they're, they're messing your brain up and people are coming down with Alzheimer's and dementia and all that stuff. And it's this, this toxic combination. It's like the opposite of a holistic approach. Like we're trying to take in all this information and do good. And they're trying to take in all this information and do bad. So whatever the, the polar opposite of, of holistic uh, approach to health is. And, and yes, the chemtrails along with the 5G, those two things, just like the fluoride and aluminum together, the chemtrails and the 5G together, I think is what's actually a lot of these symptoms that people are, are, are wondering what the heck's going on and they're going to the hospital. Of course, they're testing positive for the common cold. Their immune systems are bogged down so much 
buy all these things that they're showing weird symptoms that are actually radiation sickness symptoms. Yeah, it's um, okay. So here's a stupid question for you. <laughs> so you talk about the, the fluoride and the aluminum within the mass or the synthetic fluoride and aluminum in the medical mass. Why aren't more people talking about that? Because this is the first time that I've heard that. And I feel like there should be a lot more people discussing that. I mean, why is everyone wearing a blue mask and like taking selfies of themselves because they identify with it. It's a cult mentality. And um, just like when I try to talk to people about their phones or emitting radiation and stuff, they identify with those phones. I phone. It's part of me. I, me, me phone. It's my phone. Yeah. It's my personality. iTunes. I this. It's like at the end That's of the so day. so simple. <laughs> at the end good. of the day. I know, right? It's, it's something else. Um, self own cell phone and in the in all of the paperwork that you don't even read you're you're kind of signing and you're and you you get the phone for like a thousand dollars slowly pay it off you don't even own it i think there's a play on words there because there's so many like evil witchcraft like word magic things out there self ownership self own cell phone you know i don't know i was just playing Good with lord you're blowing my today. mind right now Right? I never, I never thought about it like that. The masks, the reason why they're not being talked about like I'm talking about it is, it's because it's a part of their identities now. People are wearing them, and literally they're, it's, they're taking selfies with them on. They're posting it on social media like they're ashamed of their faces. They wear the blue masks like in their cars when they're alone and when they're out on a jog in the forest. It's not just because they're afraid. It's part of their identity now. And you come in and say that that thing is lined with toxic chemicals from China and that it's only used for surgery and doesn't even do what they say. And they'll vehemently, however you say that word, they'll violently defend it, you know? Um, like it's a personal attack on them. Well, it is. It is a personal attack on them because they're being dumb. You know, right. they didn't do the research. And if you just look up PTFE, which stands for polytetrafluoroethylene, PTFE mass, and you click Google images, it'll tell you right there that it's lined with this chemical, this whatever, this membrane. Um, but if you're already in that indoctrination camp, nobody's going to like snap you out of it by telling you that the mask membrane is actually chemicals. You know, I mean, it's a hard question. It's the psychology of it all. It's the psychosis. I mean, they're not just getting fed their information by um, the media. The mm -hmm. smartphone is pulsing a frequency while it's like telling you what to think. I mean, your emojis, you've been giving it information. You've been pressing happy and sad and angry while it looks at your iris of your eyes and judges your blood pressure and whatnot. These devices aren't just giving us information. They're, they're embedding it with frequencies and we're, we're, we're mind controlled. The cognitive dissonance is deep, but we're we're literally programmed and mind controlled and the bombardment of the media and the, the cult. You know why the answer to your question is because everyone's doing it. And what our parents would say is, well, if everyone's jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you do it too? And in this culture, it seems like maybe the answer would be yes, but there's so many people out there wearing the blue masks. That's why it's okay, because they wouldn't all be doing it if it was bad you know but would they do the research if they've been seeing people i mean literally you go to the grocery store and at the at the crazy grocery stores like the co-op or whatever mm -hmm. they've got an armed guard there and the sign says entrance right entrance and at that entrance they're handing you a blue mask you know and you're putting this on consenting to be in a trance and you go in there and you're like no this is me i identify with entrance here i am 
when you leave the store, it doesn't like snap you out of the trance, you know, maybe exit. I don't think exit does is any, anything. Either way, there's so many things bombarding us, keeping us in this control mechanism where we don't question, like, how could people look at 9-11 and be like, oh, that was like, why would I, why was everybody okay with going to Iraq? There weren't even weapons of mass destruction. It's because the media tells us to, that's it. The consensus. Yeah. It's a herd group consensus reality. And, and in, a, in an esoteric kind of like magical way, I think that we co-create our reality together through a consensus reality. And so that means it's all a numbers game. And if they can get the majority to fall in line. Also, the, question, the answer to your question is celebrities. That's why, bro. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is weird the role that celebrity is playing in today's society as well as identity and ego. And it is this black and white society where you're over here, I'm... I'm on this side and, and now it's, it's kind of back to like a civil war, whereas, you know, brother against brother. And it, it is strange, but um, just to go back to talking about self-own and, and trance and just mm-hmm. <laughs> different words like that, um, the 12 new clouds, the classifications of the clouds in Frankenskies, um, I can't read my own handwriting, homo mutatus, I think is what it what it was that was so strange for me seeing that because it is literally it means man-made correct yes it is so in your face and you played in frankenskies the the um, news clips and everything of them talking about it and they made it like this glorious thing like oh look at these new clouds that we have but why where where are the new clouds coming from and it says right in the name man-made It seems insulting, but when it's hidden in plain sight, when it's right in your face, the general population will therefore think that it's not nefarious, that it's not even a problem because why would they show it to us if it's a lie or why would they show it to us if it's a big kick in the face? But it is. How could 12 clouds just all of a sudden come out and they didn't exist before? No one was wondering what these clouds were before, but now there's all these classifications and they're all different variations of aerosolized chemical injections, okay? The homo mutatus one is called man-made and it looks like chemtrails. And it is, it's a, um, it's social engineering, it's disclosure, and it's a consent kind of mechanism. Somehow, some way we need to be told what's going on to, to get our consent through a disclosure process. And even if it's through trickery, we're still being told, you know, it's very interesting. And I've, I've thought about this a lot. And it seems like that there must be some karmic law on earth where we can't just be lined up and enslaved and given the jab. Like we have to be told what's going on. But if we do it to ourselves, even if it's through manipulation and coercion and what have you, which isn't fair, in my opinion, none of this is fair. You know, right. I think this is all violating all sorts of karmic laws and, and there's no real justice and everything. But here we are and we're, we're supposed to, like, put the pieces together and figure it out for ourselves as activists and then honor that truth. And what it seems to me is part of the game is disclosure. You know, Part of it is telling us that they're doing it. And if we don't react and fight it, then we're okay with it. Then we consent. And it's part of like a weird informed 
consent process that makes the powers that be somehow not subject to the evil doings that they that they do um but also it's gonna it's gonna kick them in the face man they're showing us everything and people are waking up in droves you know the more that the darkness shows itself the more it just takes a sliver of light to expose all of that right when you start to think of the metaphors i think the one thing that they're doing that's very very intelligent and and evil but genius is although we live in polarity they're trying to make both sides of the argument falsehoods so we're out here you know debating something and thinking that this is like a polarized conversation um like the geoengineering conversation somehow they want us in the argument of whether or not we need to geoengineer for global warming right but the conversation should be is global warming real you know they've they've taken it like like global warming's real do we need to do this or this and that then we're in this polarized argument based on a falsehood you know like like the whole house of cards is built on lies it, yeah. it's got to come crumbling down it's only a house of cards you know <clears throat> yeah it is strange especially when the spokesperson is a you know 16 year old girl like Greta Thunberg you know like it's it's, it's a weird situation when when that's a thing but you know we were talking earlier you know you were talking about friends buying up guns and ammo and stuff like that because it it is a thing where if somebody says well the government's going to come after you it's like okay well i can protect myself because if they have guns i have guns but if they take our food and water we're kind of fucked and you know if we're being honest so if if we're fucked in that way you know if, if we haven't gone deep enough let's go a little bit deeper um monsanto the big scary monsanto monster it's it's scary it's creepy it makes my mind race like none other because their their reach is so far it's covering everything and the the part of franken's guys that really irked me was um the the colony collapse of the bees in monsanto creating bees that only pollinate their plants and so on and so forth what role what role is that playing in our society today and is it growing to be a bigger thing well, yeah, Monsanto's gotten bought up by Bayer, and Bayer has um, affiliations with with Nazi Germany. I mean, Bayer came out with hemophiliac medication um, that was tainted with HIV, and then when the courts told them to destroy it, they shipped it overseas, and they infected more people with HIV, knowing that they would be customer client for life because they have the medication for the people that, that get HIV. These are completely evil companies merging together. So Monsanto now being in the space where they can make people sick through the glyphosate and the Roundup and, and toxic food, you know? Mm -hmm. One thing people don't, don't understand about GMO is they try to muddy the waters to make it seem deep and they try to complicate things and make it all scientific and oh genetically modified organisms it's because of drought and to save us from blah blah no 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 it's very 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 simple these plants have been genetically tweaked so that they can be sprayed with poison otherwise they shrivel up and die that poison makes us sick atrazine glyphosate these things completely disrupt your endocrine system um, deplete you of minerals, give you cancer, proven in the court of law to give people cancer, glyphosate, and still it's on the shelves at Walmart to spray on your food. You know, none of that makes any sense. And go, like, as they get more and more control and power, and they have the patents on 
a lot of weird stuff, but they have the patents on, for instance, aluminum resistant seeds. Okay. When, when the only thing that can grow are aluminum resistant seeds, because we've sprayed so many chemtrails publicly, officially, everybody's getting damned all at once to save us from global warming, which isn't even real. And then there's climate change, global warming lockdowns that might actually start happening too. And that's a whole nother thing. This lockdown thing isn't just, it's not the end of this. It's been introduced to the globe. And as the globe has a um, one world enemy, which is climate change, global warming, then they might all be told to, we might all be told to get locked in our houses once all the smart meters in the 5G towers can, can actually literally lock us in our houses or monitor us accordingly. So it's all interconnected. And um, they've got bees. Monsanto has genetically modified bees that can live in these toxic environments, okay? When, the, when we live in a dystopia that's only about a decade away, we're on the cusp of a total dystopia, but we're not quite there yet. But when they are publicly spraying our skies all the time and everyone's okay with it, and there's so much aluminum in the soil that the bees can't survive, and the only thing that can survive is Monsanto's Frankenstein bee and Frankenstein seeds, they'll have a monopoly on everything. Like we will only be able to grow their monocrop. We will only be able to have their mono bugs and they'll have complete and total control. I mean, talk about monopoly. It's like, if that's not one, I don't know what, what is. Right. Yeah. So with as amazing as Frankenskies is, and everybody listening now is going to go watch it. What, what are we looking forward to with Frankenskies too? Um, ideally, well, there's Greta Thunberg is the controlled opposition to a sky dimming experiment coming out of Sweden with Bill Gates wants to dim the sky out of Sweden. So Bill Gates wanted to dim the sky in this sky dimming experiment to normalize and launch chemtrails globally. He went down to Tucson, Arizona, and it was supposed to happen in 2018. And I moved down to Arizona, had a conference and a protest and a concert. And the whole state, the whole country really ended up learning about Bill Gates wanting to dim the sun and this experiment. And nobody wanted the experiment to happen. So the experiment was put on hiatus and now it's happening in June of 2022 in Sweden. So I'd like to have the movie talk show us stopping that again and also exposing the idea of this uh, Charles Schwab or Carl, whatever this evil, I don't even like to give this guy any energy, but there's supposedly this new world order coming out where we're all gonna have climate change lockdowns. I'd like to expose that. Basically, Frankenskies was a chronological timeline from 1922 to 2017. And since 2017, so much has already happened, especially with the fires on the West Coast, the fires in Australia. These fires are being stirred up with engineered winds. They're being set by engineered lightning storms. There's patented fire accelerants, aluminum and barium being sprayed on the forests before the fires for decades, during the fires. And then we can actually make rain and we don't. There's so many things that need to be talked about, about the fires to expose what's the real agenda behind the fires, which is tell everyone we need geoengineering because we're so afraid of these fires, which could actually be put out. Okay. Cloud seeding has been swept under the rug. This technology existed in 1915. In the 1960s and 70s, it was common knowledge. Farmers would even seed clouds as the clouds went by with um minerals like potassium like nutrients 
they would not just make it rain, but they would make it rain nutrients on their crops. It was such common knowledge that you could seed clouds. Nowadays, ski resorts do it, hydroelectric dams and power plants do it. But the idea that we can quell drought by seeding clouds, that knowledge has been silenced through the internet and what have you. People, when you talk to them, did you know we can make it rain? Nobody even knows that. We're in the midst of a drought little situation here and we got totally burned out last year by planned fires smart meters and whatnot it wasn't not what they say forest fires and the town got obliterated and it wasn't at all what they say i'm still putting it all together but a lot of it had to do with surging smart meters and no um surge protection to the main line and all this technocracy agenda to blame global warming climate change forest fires and the end result is going to be lockdowns and geoengineering normalization. So to take off from 2017 and get us to modern day and to expose all that, that's a movie in and of itself, but also I want it to be empowering and to kind of show what the future may hold if, if we let this um, technocracy get full control and what have you. So that's basically the gist of Franken's guys too. I've got some great interviews with like electrical engineers um, talking about the connection with 5G and chemtrail activists. And even um, Native, I've got a, uh, I'm trying to get cultural with it and, and get spiritual and what have you. And I've got an amazing um, um, Cheyenne tribal elder who talks about Kim Trails and what have you. So it's, it's getting pieced together, but really it's not going to be done until it's done. And the, like, like I said before, um, I don't know if I said it this time in this show, but um, it was, it was literally like divine intervention that I couldn't come out with Franken skies because then they came out the fake clouds and they came out with stuff for the movie. So yeah. right now I really want the movie to be done, but they're going to try to dim the sky again next year. And whether right. they win or not, that needs to be in the movie and Bill Gates' involvement in it needs to be in the movie. And there's so much that's happening right before our eyes, but there's a lot of historical stuff like Prince talked about it and Dick Gregory, both of them have um, unexpectedly died. And I mean, there's a lot that is already, on the timeline that I'm plugging in there, but it's not going to all see itself until actually I want to do a cross country tour and talk to a lot of real people like yourself and quick interviews. Like, how did you wake up to chemtrails? Do you even know the word chemtrails? Because most people, when they wake up, they think they're all alone. They think no one else knows. And how could they even utter the word chemtrails to their peers? They're going to be shunned. Yeah. But when you start to go around to farmer's markets and to get out in the real world, especially the farmers, everybody knows everybody knows about it and then some people even know about the movie Frankenskies, which is very uplifting and amazing for me to hear but i want to get some real people involved in the movie as well and it's you know it's happening but um i can't really predict what it's going to look like quite yet yeah and it really feels like a, a project like Frankenskies and Frankenskies 2 will tell you when it's done yeah, exactly, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I'm complete now. Put me out to the world because that's what mm -hmm. happened with the first one. So, you know, that's, you know, part of me with this whole thing, it with, you know, geoengineering and Monsanto and it, literally everything that's happening in the world, part of me is like, we're fucked. But us as humans, we're too strong. Mm -hmm. Can you tell people where they can find you to learn more about everything that you have going on, help educate themselves and help connect with other people to get a better understanding of what's going on in the world. Yeah. Don't let any of this be dismantling. They want us entrenched in fear and in fear. We're helpless. We're hopeless. 
and it's contagious. Frequencies are contagious. When all of this COVID stuff first happening, first started happening, I had a friend that was literally hunched over in fear, hand sanitizing himself to death. And I gave the dude a hug and I drove away, super sketched out. I didn't want to drive. I thought I was going to get pulled over. I was like paranoid beyond for a couple hours. And then I snapped out of it and literally realized that I was stuck in fear, like the whole world. And that there's a polar opposite of that. And in love or whatever you want to say the opposite of fear is there's so much hope and empowerment and inspiration. And in that frequency is truth. So all these things, they might seem daunting, but embrace them and empower yourself by learning about it and learning how to address it. You know, you can, they, it can be a part of your world, but it doesn't really have to be affecting your world. So please check out actualactivistsplural.com for resources and information. There's a daily blog on there. There's the podcast hub, which I'd love to include you in as well. And frankenskies2.com. You can upload the pictures you took the other day of the sky. There's an upload mechanism where you can share the pictures and other people can see. And I'm on Instagram at Sparrow Gear, S-P-E-R-O Gear. Sparrow is a Latin word for hope. And that's why my clothing line is named Hope. And then Matt Landman on Facebook. I love all of the support and people over there. And I'm actually on Telegram now and all of the platforms, Frankenskies, I dumped it on everything, uh, Brideon, BitChute, Rumble, and all that. And please email me at frankenskies at gmail.com. And don't be a stranger. You can connect with me through actualactivists.com um, and even frankenskies.com. There's a lot of resources. It looks like a little graveyard because a lot of my stuff was on YouTube, but I'm, I'm fixing it up. I got everything pulled from there, sadly. But don't be a stranger. And I'm just like all of you. So I want to, you know, connect and let's, let's be friends because when I do take this thing on tour, I want to see you all and meet everyone in person because we're not just internet. This isn't just a game of internet stuff. Like we're eventually we're going to all stand together in this and create a whole new world. Maybe doesn't mean every last person coming together in one city, but we're going to create the new world that we need and want in our own communities. And it takes, it takes getting to know each other, you know, like I'd like to see you and meet you in person and give you a hug one day, brother. And I look forward to doing yeah. that. And I can't wait for that day. And maybe you've got some musician friends and, and maybe we'll, we'll like throw down in your town um, and expose the truth or have a Frankenstein screening, which is also a really amazing way to bring people together. If you want to have a Frankenstein screening in your town, it's so transformational because the people in your town see that someone cares enough to have a Frankenstein screening. They know that there's a movie on chemtrails called Frankenstein's. And even if they don't come, they start to tell people, oh man, did you know about that? They had a screening about chemtrails in my town and da, da, da. And then you can make, find your allies and your vibe attracts your tribe and all this stuff. So yeah, I appreciate it. And, and I really do appreciate you having me on and being so real. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on here and I'll put all of your um, links, websites, all that good stuff in the show notes. So people could just easily click over and, and get a hold of you and everything. And, and when you told people, don't be shy, when I reached out to you, it was a matter of like an hour before you messaged me back. So that, yeah, people don't be shy, reach out to them and, and let's educate ourselves and move forward together as a collective. So thank you for being on here, man. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again sometime. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Bye.